Tog, and welcome to Healthcare Marketing Insights. Yeah. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval. We're the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast for Monday, December 21st, 2009. 2009. Sprouting German is Adam. Spouting. Adam Meyer. Hey, hello. And I don't think you spouted any German, Jackie, but you can still introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something creative to say in German. It's not happening. I'm Jackie Ritzko. <laughs> ich bin ein Berliner. <laughs> du hast. Du Frau. hast eine Kleinschwasser. Frau Jackie. I, t- I took three years of German in high school. You did? And that's did. what came out of it? Guten Tag. <laughs> and auf Wiedersehen. Ich habe eine Kleise. That means I have a big something. Ich habe... <laughs> Kleisa. I have a I big think is big. Yeah, let's, I'm going to say the wrong thing. Let's not go there. It was high school. What do you think we were learning? Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> nice. I wasn't even thinking of that. Nice work. All right. So before we get started, I feel like I need to give a blanket apology. I need to apologize for my rude behavior in last week's podcast. <laughs> I next take week, great. Next week, you'll be, next week you'll be apologizing, apologizing for your crude behavior in this one. I'll be apologizing yeah, really. to the German Association of America <laughs> or something. No, I. Sometimes we take great joy in debating topics, and I love to take a devil's advocate view. And I think last week, when it came to the city of Philadelphia font discussion, I went so devil's advocate that I wasn't even making sense, and I was doing it in a in a. For those people who know me, that's how I often sound. But on the podcast, it sounded really crappy, very <laughs> negative and aggressive. And Adam was all patient and and shepherd-like in his response. And I was all irritated. So I apologize to Adam. And oh, I apologize no. to Jackie, who had to deal with that. No, no apology required. It's okay. I'm used to it. I apologize to all our six billion potential <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I thrive on debates. I, I enjoy that. I do too, but that was, I think I went, I don't know, I was really negative. And I listened to it, I'm like, I don't even believe half of what I'm saying. <laughs> I was so into the argumentative mode. So It's all good. All right. Apologies to the blog writer and to the designer of the logo and <laughs> anybody else I disparaged. My transgressions have hurt many. I'm going to take the opposite road of Tiger Woods. I'm going to put it right out there. All right, so with that out of the way, we also wanted to give a shout-out to somebody we talked to today who said, what was her quote? She said our podcasts were hilarious. Oh. I think she said hilarious. I'm going to give her credit. Amanda Gustafson, who's in a, in a – she's only been in the role for about six months, but in a marketing role at a client of ours at Baldwin Area Medical Center. And we were there mm-hmm. for a meeting, and uh, you know, it doesn't take much to get us to excited all we need is like one comment like that, and we're good with our podcast. Yep. So I think yeah, we're very hard. appreciative of that positive feedback, and we're going to celebrate it by calling her out and thanking her. Because she might be the only one who ever says that. Well, let's hope that's not the case, but no. I mean, I th- we, we want to encourage positive feedback, any feedback, really. But when it's positive, we will actually celebrate it on air. <laughs> How's that for being objective? I like it. All right. 
So I guess we have to talk about healthcare marketing. The first thing uh, I thought we could talk about was, we've talked about this before, but there is a new hospital opening in the Twin Cities, and it's scheduled to open December 30th, and there was a nice big story in the Star Tribune uh, on Tuesday, uh, December 16th. I thought the headline was interesting. It was talking about, there's a grand opening, we'll talk to that in a second, that's why the story was there, Uh, but a public grand opening in the... The headline said, New Hospital Debuts in Maple Grove, Patients Wanted. And it's written by a reporter that we respect a lot, Chen Mei Yi, uh, who does a great job of covering the business of healthcare in the Twin Cities. Um, I have some quibbles with a couple of things in the story, but the main point I think was hey, this, if you remember, if you're from this market or if you've heard us talk about it, there was a huge competitive effort to build this hospital a few years back. North Memorial Healthcare, uh, who's the closest to Maple Grove, won it in partnership with Fairview Health Services. And the story is really talking about, hey, this happened uh, a couple years ago when things were going great, and now the economy's crashed and healthcare is suffering. And what does that mean for this hospital? Mm-hmm. Right. So definitely worth reading from that perspective. Adam, you went to the grand opening uh, because you guys are going to deliver there. Is that right? Yeah, correct. Uh, in the middle of next month is the uh, the due date. Um, yeah, so we went and checked it out. Uh, you know, we mainly went and toured the uh, the uh, birthing center, which was amazing. Um, it'll be if the experience is anything like the um, impressiveness of the facility itself, they're going to have something pretty pretty cool on their hands. Um, it's, it's a, it's a nice building. And, you know, I was, I was honestly blown away at the turnout for the open house. Um, the parking lot was just jam packed. Um, you know, there are police there to just, uh, you know, with that size of a crowd, I suppose you have to have cops around, um, inside of the, the, the hospital was just packed with people. Um, there were a lot of little giveaways they were doing, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's different, you know, sometimes we kind of make fun of some certain healthcare organizations doing open houses. Like let's say a hospital has a new sleep center that's opening and they right. want to have an open house. It's like, who's going to, who the hell is going to go to the sleep center open house? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's obviously entirely different when it's a community hospital. Right. Um, it was, there was a ton of people, but yeah, it was, it was really a pretty impressive facility. I remember, you know, I was working at North Memorial when this that whole process was going on of determining who was going to get to build a hospital up there. And I remember seeing the architectural renderings of the uh, facility. It's been interesting to see what they were versus what it is now. I mean, both were equally as impressive, although I'd say some of the renderings, I think they scaled back on probably either because of the economy or because it was just a little too grandiose to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, it's, 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 a, it's a nice facility. Is is the actual name Maple Grove Hospital? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, if you go up there, that that's yeah, that's what it's known by. Um, if you go up there, you'll see North Memorial all over the signage um, for okay. it. So I I wouldn't be surprised if some people simply refer to it as North Memorial um, or Maple Grove Hospital. Uh, might I could see that being a potential. I could see some potential there for some uh, confusion too. I guess right. right. On one hand. And it it goes. I mean, we've. The oldest paper we ever we've had, I mean, it's been around for years, was the business case for unified branding. And 
this is a perfect example of a why you want to unify you want to have a unified brand and b why it's very hard to do in healthcare uh it it from all perspectives it would make more sense to have it be north memorial branded instead of creating an entirely separate brand uh, for the hospital. Now, it's not entirely separate because, like you said, Adam, it's got North Memorial tied to it, but it's not North Memorial. It's not North Memorial Maple Grove. Right. Uh, it's Maple Grove Hospital. But the reason, at least my understanding, the primary reason is because there's another provider involved. Right. You know, Fairview's got a 25% ownership. And so, you, you know, I suppose you could have forced them to swallow a North Memorial name, but. Uh, that would not have gone over well, and that might have been a that might have been one of the early terms of their partnership because North Memorial was on their own and Fairview was on their own in this competition, and they had to band together to to win this mm-hmm. uh, because they were competing against other groups that had banded together, and they right. may have said, "If we do this, you can't call this a North Memorial Hospital." Well, so it shows you why it's hard. It's the the intricacies of the, of the of those political decisions are 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 interesting i mean that 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 very well i'm I'm sure that is the case i mean it's probably a a legal a legal situation that this thing is a separate entity outside of the two organizations even though the two organizations own it therefore it has to be named something else but the fact that it's got um north memorial all over it i mean there's as somebody who's coming to that hospital without any clue of who the partnerships are you're going to assume it's a north memorial hospital just by the signage, the sheer fact that it's got North Memorial logos all over it. Right. So it's it's interesting how those how those politics play out. You know, you can't call it that, you can't refer to it as that, but you can certainly imply it. Because <laughs> once you get right. on campus, there's no question. You know what what the brand is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And the the article did quote they had an attendance of six thousand. Now I don't know how they've um, how they you know track that but again i think it goes to what you're saying adam that's a that's a great turnout but it's a new it's a new hospital in an area that really wanted a hospital so in that case a lot of times it's seen as a community asset and people will come uh even if they typically wouldn't what there was a there was a point in it one of the things i want to throw out to you guys because it made me laugh i was talking to somebody who uh works in strategy and healthcare yesterday about this and we kind of laughed it off Again, the thread of the story is about how the economy has really hurt healthcare organizations, especially in this market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a sign of the times that, for example, 8,500 people applied for the 175 jobs that this hospital mm-hmm. opened. Uh, and that, you know, wow. instead of opening it, I don't think they ever plan on opening it fully from the get-go, but they're, it's, it's equipped for 90 beds, but they're opening just 30 to start with. But here's the, here's the quote that I think takes us a little far. Uh, It goes on to say, earlier this decade, hospitals proudly showed off new wings decked in marble tile and waterfalls. Such ostentatiousness is no longer in fashion. Ask about the flat panel TVs and patient rooms. Cochran, who's a representative of North Memorial, quickly noted that they will show educational health programs, too. Okay, so first of all, uh, I don't think that is no longer in fashion. I think it is the norm. That's, that's uh, total spin. It's total spin to help fit the story. Yep. Uh, and what's funny is, what would you rather have them do? Put more expensive, uh, you know, rear panel projection TVs. <laughs> Flat panel TVs are the cheapest you can get. They're more right. convenient. They fit on the wall better. 
Uh, part of this, I think, is if you're not from here, there was a big to-do in Minnesota because there was a oh a, a Minnesota facility for like sexual offenders, and they spent money on buying big screen flat screen TVs, yeah, uh, for the prisoners basically. And the governor found out somehow it got away to the governor. It became a news story. Like how in this economy are we spending this money on these, you know, folks that should not have the privilege of big flat screen TVs. And they, the governor himself ordered the facility to take the TVs down. So I think some of that bled into this, but why the representative should feel like he needs to defend flat screen TVs, which are a, the most efficient and the cheapest and B, they're having to compete. Your whole story is about, well, patients come. Well, you know, if you want to attract women who want to have a baby, you better provide a, right. a decent TV. And if it's an ugly, small, teeny airport TV, that's that has an impact on whether people will come. It's less yeah. appealing, yeah. So are you guys with that or am I overreacting? Totally with that. I mean, that was one, of the, that was one oh, yeah. thing that jumped out um, when we were touring was the, those beautiful TVs on the walls. But, I mean, beyond that, the rooms <laughs> themselves are just amazing without those flat screen tvs on the walls the rest of the room and the facility was amazing um Mm -hmm. a a standard tube tv would feel very out of place in a facility like that it would feel dated Um, it would feel inappropriate who Uh, even do they even sell those anymore i don't know that you can you go to if you go to target you might see one or two like really small ones i think but i don't i haven't not that I do my TV shopping at Target, but I just kind of want to. I guess that's the last place that I've been that ha- that has TVs. I haven't been to Best Buy in a while. Right. I don't. I don't think you see tube TVs in there anymore. I wouldn't think they're just so. not efficient. Yeah, and you know, part of this is sensitivity to healthcare reform too, where people are looking at the bloated costs in the system, and certainly people could look at a you know if you had a really ostentatious to use their word TV if it was like a sixty inch you know behemoth then people might go well, what is this for but if it's a you know a 27 30 inch thing hanging on the wall oh these are bigger than that these are probably 42 inch are they TVs. even then I mean, you know but even those even those are cheap right now they're not they're yeah. not expensive mm-hmm. tvs yeah well, so i understand with the ambience, yeah what's that jackie well i just said if it fits in with the ambiance i mean yeah i mean you certainly have to be sensitive to expenses but right Again, people forget that these are businesses that have to compete. Exactly. They're competing for patients. And we, we, you may not like that. You know, people in the community may not like it put that way, but that's the way it is. And, and until we change the system, you have to allow them the ability to attract what, peop, what their customers want. And I would argue that, especially when it comes to maternity care, that that's something that, that folks will look for. And it's not mm-hmm. just that, agree. but... That's part of the overall picture. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay. So we're good on that. Anything else you guys want to talk about in regards to Maple Grove? Uh, probably not now, but I'm sure I'll have plenty to talk about in terms of experience yeah, really. uh, after next month. Yeah, no kidding. So give us an update then. Yeah, you're going to have to wait to actually experience it to see how much you watch those TVs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So one more thing we wanted to try to cover. Uh, and this is from our friend Chris Boyer, who has a uh, – he works at Health Grades, but he also has a 
website called Hospital Online Marketing Education. And he puts out really good stuff. If you've never visited it, I encourage mm-hmm. it. Uh, good Twitter stuff, good articles, blog posts, good videos. Uh, he's not afraid to get a little campy in his videos. And it's a neat it's a neat kind of venue to, to make a point. Uh, and he does a good job of it. So if you've never checked out his content, I would encourage it. But he's got an article called The Top 5 2010 Trends in Hospital Online Marketing. And... You know, we all took a look at this beforehand, and I'm gonna. The first thing I'm gonna do is turn to Adam because he's our online marketing guru extraordinaire. <laughs> and I'm gonna ask him, you know, what jumps out at you um, in some of these things that he's talking about? Is there anything, you know, a couple things that really stand out to you? Yeah, you know, I, I have probably I have comments probably across the board on on everything. I, I think he's, um, I think he's on the right track. I mean, I, I would certainly agree with most of what he's uh, listed out here. Um, you know, probably one of the first ones that I think I'd comment on is, is online physician marketing hospitals getting into that more. Right. You know, one reason um, you know, that was w- one of his predictions for a trend was, I think it was number three in his list was just m- more of a focus on marketing physicians online. You know, I think hospitals in general are, they're just getting into really exploring online marketing in any form. I, you know, you see PDP cup in your sidebar in Facebook, which is, uh, and we can, that's actually a good comment for one of his other, uh, other points, which I'll get to in, in a moment here. Um, uh, you see hospitals with banner ads throughout various local news websites. Um, you see hospitals are just getting, getting into that in general and hospitals starting to explore social media, starting to do more with their own websites in, t- in terms of the service they're providing, the content they're providing, um, and a lot of them are still just getting into it. And one thing that I fear a little bit about physician marketing online, well, there's a couple of things that I fear really. One is that I think hospitals too often default to marketing their physicians because they don't know what else to, they can talk about. Right. You know, ads consist of nothing but smiling physicians because it's like, well, that's, that's, that's our thing. That's all we can show. That's what people want to hear. You know, and, and I think our stance is a lot of times that's not necessarily what people you know, want to see in here because it, it, you get lost in the clutter because that's what everyone's doing. All these ads of smiling doctors. Um, mm-hmm. So in that sense, my fear is that some hospitals will default to that, not because they think it's appropriate, but because it's what they know. Um, so, so we'll see how that plays out, but he's got some, some cool uh, ideas that you'll see, you know, hospitals using video more with their physicians. And I think that uh, that would be good. But one of his points was that, hospitals are going to want to manage their physicians reputations online and that'll be interesting to see how that plays out because it's a really sticky it's a sticky area um i don't i don't necessarily see hospitals leaving making a comment board for their physicians where people can come and say good things or bad things about them um i'm not going to personally i'm not going to go to a hospital website and look at a review of a physician and think that it's at all subjective you know, I'm going to think that it's entirely biased by the organization and or the physician, him or herself. I'm going to go someplace like Angie's List type place where I can read customer reviews of physicians if I really want to get what I consider to be honest feedback. Right. Um, yeah, that's really true. And I just don't see a hospital itself facilitating that form of um, consumer interaction. Um you know, I think he's, his, his point is that physicians are going to need to be able to manage their reputation online. And I, I agree. It's just going to be interesting to see how that's going to play out because that's going to be difficult. Right. 
um, yeah. One of, another point was uh, the whole the whole online privacy changes to online privacy. Uh, you know, I think online privacy is an excuse you get right now from a lot of hospitals not to get into areas like social media, not to do you know blogging on their website, for example, or getting into Twitter, uh, responding to people who say negative things. You know, they there's, they feel like their hands are tied from HIPAA or for whatever reason, and there's only so much they can say. Um, I think if you ask someone like Liazzi, he says that's a complete cop-out. Um, people are not really looking at the rules the way they should, and he's the dude from Mayo, if you're unfamiliar with who he is. Um, I, I just I, I agree with his stance is that if you just if you say, no, I'm not going to do this because of privacy, it's a cop out and that you're really not exploring what you can do, because there's a lot that you can do uh, within the realm of still keeping patient information um, private. And in terms of how you respond to, you know, people seeking health information through through Twitter and that and whatnot. Um, let's see what were his other points. Increased focus on ROI. I think mm-hmm. that uh, for sure. And that's something we've been discussing a lot lately with our with our own uh, on our own site and uh throughout twi- the twitter sphere um the I twitter just, sphere twitter yeah <laughs> twitter sure, i'm sure somebody else the twit the twitscape <laughs> that's very appropriate <laughs> um yeah, i think that's true i mean i think you're going to see a demand in uh seeing how this stuff is is if it's paying for itself if, it, if it's worth it um and what else? Or is other points in here? Well, let I'm me jump in one. on that too. I Go Chris ahead. Chris Boyer and I have had some some great discussions around that, and uh, you know we've we have a long record of pushing for results, but also you know pushing back on people that use ROI the wrong way, particularly leaders and physicians who will hold it as kind of a cudgel over a marketing strategy or effort, saying if you can't if you can't show me that this generates $100,000 or 100 new patients, then we're not doing it, which is which is asinine in many cases. However, uh, we really are, you know, trying to push healthcare marketers to, to start measuring this stuff and not just in number of followers, uh, all that right. type of stuff. Because tying it back to results. Tying it back to not just results, but if you can somehow tie it back to ROI, the financial right. ROI. If you invested this much, what's your net from it to the organization? Uh, the the trick is a lot of things, especially in social media, are hard to track. Uh, the purpose isn't necessarily to drive a patient in. It may be to build awareness uh, or perception or strengthen a relationship, which is also very important. Uh, yeah. And so there are, there's, you know, it's a huge gray area. But there right. will be more and more of a push toward that. And it's always fun to, I don't know, I always joke, like, if you throw ROI out in the Twitscape and you just, it's like throwing chum in a shark-infested water and you watch <laughs> everybody come attack it. You know, they're like, ROI sucks, or you have to do ROI, and you can't do it with ROI, and you have to do it with ROI. And it's kind of fun to get the, to get the Twitscape all in a frenzy. Yeah. Well, exactly. what's interesting is that I don't think there's... um with a lot of marketing, the stuff that's been assumed assumed as the things you're supposed to do, uh, whether it's billboards or yellow pages or st- magazine, newspaper and magazine advertising, you know, local stuff like that, you'll you won't see any or very little demand from the top to see ROI on those efforts. Right. People demand, yeah. you know, you've got you've got leadership who, who demands you do that, even when it's the wrong thing to do because it's what in their eyes 
is how you're supposed to show up. It's what you're supposed to do. So, I mean, there's also a fear uh, on, on the social media front in that. Let's say that you've got some, a, a CEO who she's, you know, he or she is getting a haircut and runs into a friend at the barber who says, yeah, I just started a Flickr or a Twitter account and, uh, and I got on Facebook and I noticed that this other hospital is doing it. And now all of a sudden, because of that, you know, this, the CEO thinks that we, you have to be there because he's got one friend who got on there and noticed that we weren't there and some other hospital was, um, right. now all of a sudden you're, he's asking you, telling you to do this in response to someone else. And, and it's, and it's not, again, not for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so much, you see so yeah. much of that. I mean, you see it across industries, but it's, it's so prevalent in this one. It is. It's, it's and that's where, scary. that's where ROI has, is a double-edged sword because it, you know, we would argue that you should try to demonstrate results, whether they're financial or otherwise, with everything. Um, but but if and, and that's why you need to master this stuff because you so often find people that will use ROI against you or will 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 have selective memory. You know, what's right. the ROI of social media? If you can't prove it, we're not going to do it. But yeah. you know, Madge in the at the hair salon said that she saw a billboard, so let's put up a billboard. Well, right. wait a second, <laughs> yeah. you know, let's why be consistent with our, yeah. yeah. Why aren't you demanding and, ROI here when you are here? And you know, that's an actual story. I can, I, I'm not sure if you're making that up or if you're re- referencing something that's happened in our past, but that has happened in our past, that exact scenario. CEO yes. in a hair salon. Maybe a few times. Well, I know for sure. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Anything else jumping out? Uh, you know, I made a I made a bunch of notes as I was reading through his uh, his post. Um, I just I just recommend people check it out. It's a good post. Um, yeah, and some good so points too. in there. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Scope it out. Yeah, Scope I mean it's. It I mean we always love to to debate, and Chris and I love debating a lot of things. So, but but in you know, the the content in here is great, and you don't you have know, to. I mean, the, it's a prediction, so it's not like he's right or wrong. They're very very interesting things to think through and then come up with your own perspectives. Yeah. You know, one thing I, w- I would question with, with his first point, um, tying, uh, local advertising SEO and local advertising to the prevalence of mobile phones in the market mm-hmm. is that I think you're going to, the, tr- the trick, the, the tricky part with mobile phones is real screen real estate. Uh, if you go to a typical Google results page, you've got, you know, uh, on, on your, on your laptop or on your desktop, You've got a ton of ads down the down the right hand column. You've got you've got sponsored ads at the very top, and then you know in that main section you've got your search results. There's a ton of room for advertising in there. On on a handheld, there's not a lot of room for advertising. When you look at some of these apps, sometimes there'll be a, 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 ba- a quote unquote banner ad at the top or bottom. It's a pretty tiny banner ad when you're looking at a mobile device. Yeah. Um, Google results, uh, there I think there's maybe a sponsored link or two, but very few. The trick there is that there's very little room for content anyway, and as soon as you start to dilute that with a lot of advertising, the actual content is gone or pushed so far off the off the page that it becomes unusable or just annoying. I, so yeah. I, I'm not sure that you're going to see a ton of advertising because of mobile devices being introduced to the market. I think you're going to see a lot of people getting into online marketing and i think you will see people getting into mobile devices i don't know if if there's an advertising connection to that i i I would lean more towards a branding connection to that maybe but i don't know that i think his point is is less advertising and more seo and he's tying it back to things like uh where so that's an iphone app uh where i can find the nearest starbucks i can find 
the nearest gas station, you know, those type of, he talks in the second trend about apps, but uh, those things where you're, you're through your phone, you're, you're located somewhere specifically and the results that you see through different venues reflect that. And so if you are, you could seriously, you know, if you were looking for a clinic nearby, couldn't that be part of where or another app? And if that's the case, then how is that driven? Is that driven through? I think it could be, but I definitely differentiate clinics and hospitals from coffee shops. And at least from my own experience, I might be out and about and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I could use a Starbucks right now and I'll bring up the phone and I'll drop drop some pins on coffee locations. I'm not going to be out unless I've just gotten in a car accident and I'm bleeding from my ear. You know, I'm not going to bring up my phone and look for a hospital. And you're probably looking, bleeding from I'm, your ear because you were talking on your phone. You're probably am I pulling my phone out of my ear to look for a hospital? <laughs> um, you know, so I think there's there's a little difference in the healthcare industry. I do think that it's a valid point, but I think that it's hard to compare it to restaurants and coffee shops, things yes. that you just randomly will willy nilly look for when you're out and about. I don't you're know right. that hospitals yeah. and or clinics really fall into that camp. But you're right. You're right. I think there there are pl- outside of just locating locating those things. There are plenty of other potential applications and uses for mobile devices around our industry, and I think we're going to see some some cool stuff in that area over the next uh, year or two and beyond. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Well, let's wrap it up there. That was a nice right. little synopsis. Uh, Jackie, did you have anything that jumped out at you on this before I uh, before we end? No. End. No, no. I thought it was a, that it was a and good post. Adam, Adam kind of covered a few of them. So, okay. And I don't know. I'm I, cool. Jackie sounds all faded away. Maybe she's already Do left I? us. Maybe she's already like half <laughs> out the door. Away from this. Yeah. You're gonna go in and out and in and out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up there. Yeah. We're getting to that. Yeah, we're getting to that odd stage. That hopefully right. gives us charm and appeal and doesn't annoy the crap out of our listeners. <laughs> so, Peter Shane. Peter Shane for Healthcare Marketing Insights. I'm Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer. Jackie Vitaco. Ciao. Ciao. Oh, I was going to say. See ya.